Todd. Mr. Todd. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, and welcome to episode 110 of Snackdown. I'm Justin, and this is... Andy. Andy, and we have a special guest... Todd. Todd. And so we'll get into Todd in a second, but we do have big news that we've been kind of sitting on for like a month. And so we are now officially partnered with Eat Local New York. Going forward, we're going to be making extra content with them. And I guess we're part of them in a way. And they're a part of us. And they're a part of us. And yeah, so it's going to be a partnership going forward. We're probably going to have some episodes in the future, more episodes with Anthony, maybe some restaurants downtown. Some video content. We're going to do some video content. see our faces, unfortunately. Yeah. And so they're kind of officially our sponsors going forward. So that's cool. But don't worry if you don't live in New York, our content's not going to differ. Anthony just loved our content so much he wanted to be a part of it. And, and so yeah. it's not going to be all local. We bamboozled uh, him. Yeah, we tricked him <laughs> into thinking we're great. <laughs> but yeah. So the gist is it's going to be the same great content and more. Yeah. So anyways. So what the heck are we now doing that, today? Now that we're through that announcement, yeah. we have a Todd on. And Todd is AKA someone, Handlebar Todd. Handlebar Todd. We've talked about him a lot in the, on this uh, podcast. And we've met him exclusively because of the podcast, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started following us on Instagram and listening to the podcast. And, and now uh, we, went, we went hiking together. Yeah. And me and Todd have gone biking well, together. We, we attempted to go hiking together. <laughs> yeah. We, we went on a short winter hike. And uh, yeah, it was deep snow. <laughs> yeah, it was a fail. We, yeah. It was, it up was to pretty our, cool, though. It was up to our knees. And we didn't have like the right gear, we're and we were like, heckling oh. ice climbers. Yep. Yeah. So, so, so Todd's a local, and you grew up uh, uh, down in Orange County, New York. Okay, oh, that's right. That's right. Okay, but you're essentially naturalized up here for a yeah, while. Yeah, since '96. Yeah. So you've been here for a long time, and um, uh, you got a family up here, and uh, you have a project and company called Handlebar Craft. Correct. correct. Which is fantastic, and actually, I know um, some of our listeners have already purchased some honey from you uh you were uh, an apiary enthusiast is there a, all right hold on and let me, let me just kind of take a break right here are there any like apiarist jokes beekeeper jokes like uh, the queen's gonna be mad like that you're, you're asking the wrong person okay <laughs> <laughs> what's you know? the, the like the bee's knees isn't that a, a thing yeah that's a yeah yeah so i, I renamed her do bees chat. have knees yeah Elbows. Oh, interesting. They have elbows. elbows. Yeah. yeah, okay. It's the bees' elbows. Once you start getting like three sets and beyond, I mean, well, the bees have three sets of limbs, but yeah, it's not like a knees or elbows. It's just all elbows at that point. It's a lot of joints. Just a lot of joints. Yeah. Which is legal now in New York. Okay. <laughs> we can delete that. <laughs> so, so how do you, so you're a honey harvester? Is that, <laughs> it's not really. <laughs> 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 Actually, we have a you pick honey farm. So if you want to call me, raid raid the hives. Like, yeah, you know, like a bear. That's not bad. You pick honey. That's, yeah, that that was from a cartoon joke. I read. Was it from? Oh. Yeah. Okay, all right. So so there are beekeeper jokes. There are. Okay, oh, there but I just don't know them. We uncovered one. <laughs> so yeah, you have bees. Yep, about twenty eight hives. Twenty eight hives. That's crazy. So how much honey does that produce in a good year? You can get probably 60 to 100 pounds per hive. Wow. wow. And by volume? Uh, what would that What does be? that mean? By volume? Uh, uh, so he said it in pounds. I'm just trying to think so, of liters or well, gallons. Or six, 60 pounds of honey fills a five-gallon Lowe's bucket. Oh, jeez. Okay. So it's like, wow, okay. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. That's crazy. Those are hardworking bees. They are. And only for Todd to steal from them. Exactly. So how, hard, <laughs> so how long did it take you to grow to that many hives? 
I've been doing this maybe eight, nine years, nine years now. Nine years. And you yep. started with one hive. How do you like get the bees to come to your hives? The first time we did it, my coworker and I, we bought packages together. So that's a package is just a wired basket full of, I don't know, 5,000 bees, 8,000 bees and a queen. And they mail that to you and you put it in, the, in your hive and they go from there. So, so when you get the kind of mesh of all the bees, mm-hmm. is that called a nuke? No. No. So, 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 okay. uh, so right. you, you let's talk terminology. Terminology now. here. The Welcome first, to Bee Terminology <laughs> with Todd. The, the, the first one was a package, and that, that's when they mail queen and a large amount of bees in a, in a mesh box. Okay. And they're all alive? They're all alive. They come through the mail, post the, the mail. <laughs> what does mail. that mean, Justin? <laughs> no, they're all dead. You know, you gotta, gotta do CPR <laughs> on them. <laughs> And then, then you open up your book of necromancy, and then exactly. you raise the bees. Clear. <laughs> so, okay. so that's a package. Uh-huh. Uh, they ship those. A lot, a lot of those are from down south or California. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a lot of times. There won't be a cold hardy genetics. Yeah, that's a package. A nuke is a is a, basically a small hive. So you have five frames. In a, in, a, in a box could be either like a, those coroplast plast like plastic like the you know the election signs. Yeah. So yeah. that type, okay, that that type of material yeah, yeah, yeah. fold into a box, uh-huh. or it can be a wood a small wooden box. Okay. And they'll have they'll have five frames usually a, a frame or two of honey, and then uh, two or three frames of brood larvae eggs. So it's like kind of like a pack, like it's, it's like it's, it's a, got the full cycle, right? Yeah. So, okay, so okay. You'll, have, you'll have a laying queen in there. Yeah. You'll have worker bees, nurse bees, guard bees. You'll have all, all the whole array of bees. And you can just take, you just cover those up, seal it up, and then you can bring those anywhere. I just have to give a disclaimer to listeners. Um, this is probably the most informative episode we've ever had so far. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Todd, you are, you, you are a wealth of knowledge for, for bees uh, you you give like a huge disclaimer for mycology, but you are a mycology enthusiast, right? Correct. And then also the Adirondacks, so and gardening and, and trees gardening and, and trees, and cooking and, all, and lots of stuff, brewing and that type of stuff. Which you don't drink, correct? Correct. Well, I'll have sips. I mean, yeah, but he makes some got, great mead. We had a you make some dang good mead. Go yeah. back to uh, the first of the year. Yeah, that was yeah. delicious. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, really quick, I, I think that's also another good reason to go to Handlebar Craft or, you know, reach out to Todd on Instagram on Handlebar Craft, right? Handlebar Craft or Handlebar Todd. Or Handlebar Todd. Todd. But, but, you know, if you see Handlebar Craft, you get to see your cool stuff that you make that's also for sale a lot of times too, right? True. All right. So, I mean, hey, and, hey, look, I mean, you're, you're a you know, modest guy. You're not like a crazy self-promoter and we do appreciate that about you, but don't be modest. I mean, you make some really good stuff, which we're going to get into. That's all. <laughs> well, we do have the best honey in New York State, so there's that. Daggone yeah. right. All right, okay. You're a proud man about that. That's good. That's good. We like that. <laughs> so, so how are we? How are we setting this up today? What, what's the theme, Todd? So I was thinking we're going to have a honey themed cocktail party. So we're gonna have little appetizers and then cocktails and <laughs> I drinks. That. I love that. And I brought my bow tie uh, nice. just for kind of theater of the mind do you see it it's, it's, it's fabulous <laughs> all right cool yours is too and justin pretty good um yeah so, so that sounds great <laughs> so, so let's come right back and uh let's get right into it yeah we're gonna take a short break so we can get a cocktail made and pull out some treats it's gonna be a cocktail party for the ages and standing room only see you in a bit <laughs> <laughs> bye hey everyone in case you forgot august 14th we are doing our live hangout event 
So we're going to be at Buried Acorn from 4 to 7, and Petite Nosh is going to be there. They're a food truck that does a bunch of brunch items and other things. So come down, meet us, hang out with us. We'd love to meet you, and we're just going to be there hanging out from 4 to 7. We're going to be eating, we're going to be drinking, and we'd love to become friends with you. So just come on down, and uh, let's have some fun. And uh, we're at a cocktail party. <laughs> and all this stuff looks absolutely delicious. It's also getting pretty hot in here. It's pretty Three good. bodies makes the apartment get warm. Okay. Yeah, it's a little sultry. Yeah, it's a sultry. And Todd's wearing a summery pineapple shirt. Nope. Not pineapple. Well, no. Watermelon. Watermelon. <laughs> I'm so hot, I'm getting delirious. <laughs> so we should take a sip. All right. So this cocktail looks sip. amazing. So what do we do with the garnish? Because this is a beautiful garnish. Do we you just kind of... You can eat it if you want. Kind of move it off to the side you can do sort of that. Thing? My nose has to like pick a left or a right. Holy cow. Mm. So what is this? It's called a hey a Happy New Year's honey. I found it online and it looked interested, so interesting. So I figured I'd give it a try. Holy cow! It's a spice honey uh, syrup, which is cinnamon, allspice, and cardamom pods. And you made that? Yeah. Cool. So you heat, so you heat that up in a in the, with with a, it's kind of a one to one syrup honey uh-huh. syrup with the, with the, all the spices. You cool it down, strain it, and then the drink has a bourbon. Apple brandy, uh, blood orange juice, and you top, you mix those together with ice. Pour it in your glass, and you top it off with hard cider. Hmm. I don't know if I said this on the pod, but I did say it off the pod. We don't deserve this. <laughs> it's really, really good. I actually had a sh- accidental shot of the brandy while I was in the kitchen. Did you? What do you mean accidental shot? <laughs> I, poured I it. tripped over and it <laughs> fell in my mouth. I poured an ounce and I put it in because it takes an ounce of brandy. Mm-hmm. And then I poured another ounce and I was like, shoot, I didn't need to pour another ounce of this. And I was like, I'm not going to dump it out. Whoopsie so doodle, like, down the hatch. Yeah. <laughs> and what did you think of it? It's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a French uh, mm-hmm. brandy, so yeah. apple brandy. We were like mm. kind of shuffling around trying to make the cocktails quick before the ice melted, and I there were a lot it, of behind it. yous that went on. <laughs> yeah. Behind you, <laughs> I uh, made a mistake, but it wasn't really a mistake. It was yeah. good. It wasn't on purpose. It was a good mistake. mistake. <laughs> yeah, my my wife likes these uh, a little bit oh better than uh, whiskey sours. Man, this is delicious. But it, the a lot of process though. I mean, making the like the spice honey, kind of. But in fifteen minutes, if that. And if you like the drink, you can just pre-batch a lot of it right like you can make a lot of it yeah you can make the syrup and that will stay uh, a month in the fridge Hmm. yeah nice so you don't drink much no if at all but do you like this yeah this is tasty yeah and and so the fizz is what of it it's uh hard cider that's the hard cider yep which i made yeah uh so when you (laughs) when you make the hard cider how are you getting your carbonation it's a natural carbonation so usually i'll it's all bottle conditioned. So I'll, in the fall, I'll har- you know go out, pick my wild apples, yeah, grind those, press them, do the primary, secondary, let that go to complete dry and clear. Mm-hmm. So I'll sit in the secondary probably three, four months, mm-hmm. and then I'll uh, bottle it. And then each bottle gets one to two teaspoons of uh, white sugar. Grain- yeah, okay, okay, yep. And then I close it up with the, uh, the, the swivel top. And yeah. Let it go. That, that's what I that that is what I was asking. I, I was gonna ask what type of sugar. You know, did you you know? Because you, I guess you could do honey, but would that be kind of wasted? No, it wouldn't be wasted. Yeah, it but would, it would just introduce different notes. That's true. Yeah, because it's I, amazing. I, I just like doing a traditional cider with uh, the wild apples are nice versus the dessert apples like your Cortland's Max and those type. 
because mm-hmm. they have more tannins and uh, different acidity and stuff. The blood orange is great in this. Yeah. They're really good. It's like sometimes I feel like I've had blood oranges before and like, I don't know if the ripeness is hard to get, but sometimes they're like, like there's not enough flavor or it doesn't have like a the best taste, but these... Well, I, I imagine if you got these blood oranges in December or January when they're in season, it'd be a lot better. Mm-hmm. I got to say like this, you know, I've always got to put a month or a season in something, but this is like a summer through winter cocktail, in my opinion, because it has like a lot of that harvest. It's got the, it's got, you said, um, allspice, cinnamon, nutmeg as well? Cardamom. Cardamom. I mean, this is great. This yeah. is fantastic. It's got a lot of apple flavor for... Yeah. But not, but not overly sweet. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the, is the only apple was the apple brandy, correct? Or no? Oh, the, the hard cider. Oh, the hard cider. That's what it was. Yeah. That'll do it. I knew there, they had a, a double apple. Double, double apple <laughs> so appley um well while we're drinking this because you know it, this is a cocktail party we've got some other things on our what kind of plate would you say this is our cutting board a pizza cutting board it almost looks like it's like uh yeah so we've got these uh we've got some cutting boards and we've got a spread and this is again still todd um, but i kind of helped assemble so i'd like to take some of the credit for that you did a fabulous job we did, <laughs> i don't know maybe not but um, so what are, we, what are we eating here? It's just a little cracker with prosciutto, a little bit of red onion, fresh thyme, and a little honey drizzle on it. Mm. So let's get at that. Mm. That's a combo of flavors. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. And I taste every ingredient in that, mm-hmm. and it's just... And the, oh, honey, yeah. the honey adds so much to it. Yeah, it, does, and, it doesn't get muddled together. Nope. Uh, the onion pops out. The, you get a little bit of that saltiness from the... Prosciutto. And prosciutto. Mm-hmm. Um, the thyme will kick in, and then you get all this floral essence from the honey. Mm. You really do want like a unsalted bland cracker with this, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Which mm. these are. They, they pair really well. If you had it on like a saltine or something, it'd just be too... Well, the salt would take over. Yeah, I tried it with a, uh, a rosemary cracker, Yeah, and it just didn't work. And I wouldn't have necessarily thought to put honey on this. And it's not overly sweet. It just kind of blends into like everything else. Mm-hmm. Almost gives a little earthiness that kind of goes in line with the prosciutto, I would think. Yeah. The onion's a great addition, too. Uh-huh. I think when I've done, like, charcuterie boards in the past, of just, like, adding meats and crackers and stuff like that, I've never thought of, like, adding an onion. Mm. But it's really good. Mm-hmm. Do you throw, like, wild parties? Like, good parties? No. You're party guy? <laughs> I could I, be. I, I, could I, be. I do, like, entertaining. Yeah. And, the problem but... is if Todd threw a party with, like, this much stuff, he'd never get people to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's true. Yeah, the last last time we uh, had people over, they uh, brought it was a kind of like a dish to pass, and yeah, and then I started bringing out breaking out my homemade beverages and yeah. <laughs> depleted my stocks, which is good because yeah, then, yeah, I can, yeah. then I can make more. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It gives you a good reason to make more, and oh, and so we have uh, last on our is that a charcuterie plate? Maybe yeah, just, yeah, we can yeah. call it that. Okay, we'll yeah. call it that. All right. So we've got uh, honeycomb. So and tell this us. is as fresh as it can be. He. Pulled it out an hour and a half ago, basically? Yeah, two hours ago. Yeah. Right out of the hive. Brushed the bees off it and packaged it up. He said, sorry, bees. This is mine. Do you talk to the bees? No. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. Mm. That's not true. I, I will <laughs> curse them out when they sting me. Mm. Okay, that's fair. That's fresh honey. Yeah. Mm. I've only had honeycomb once, and I was probably like six or seven, and I haven't had it since. And sometimes you see it at the store, but it's like packaged. It's not like mm-hmm. as fresh as this. Right. Mm. So would you say the flowers that are available have a major impact on honey? 
Definitely. Are there any particular notes or any types of flowers that, that you can pick out of this? or For us in, in our area, this, your spring honeys, mm-hmm. they're, they're a little, um, I don't necessarily, they're spicier to me. Hmm. You know, they just have like, just kind of like a spicy essence to it. And they're, they, they're smoother. They last, they don't get grainy because all our honey is raw. So we don't heat, we keep it under 104 degrees to preserve all the uh, natural benefits of the honey. And so when it uh, crystallizes, the spring honey tends to crystallize a lot later, and it's a different texture for the crystals, where our, the fall honey, because it's a lot of goldenrod, and you get your asters, spotted knot, knotweed, and those type of things, hmm. and they just make a, a, a larger crystal. It's real gritty when it, when it crystallizes, and the, the flavor is, you know, a lot of people say uh, like goldenrod honey has like a... Not necessarily skunkiness, but there's a specific smell to it that you can identify. Huh. Which do you prefer? It sounds like if I was a, if I was a betting man, I would say spring honey. If, if I had my way, other the way other beekeepers, or I shouldn't say other, but a lot of beekeepers, they'll do specific. They'll find a crop. You have to you know look at maybe oh, a hundred. Oh, like buckwheat? Or, yeah, you have to have yeah. like 100 acres or more of a specific flower at one point. But if I could have a, a specific honey blend, mm-hmm. it would be a, a blackberry um Honey, that's my so. Favorite. So if you could have a hundred acres of blackberry, and then mm. you had your hives right there yep. in the middle. As so, soon as they start blooming, like, you put your 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 honey like, supers on. Yeah, you'd be like, "This is daggone Todd's world right here." Yeah. It'd be what about you had that blackberry mead that was yeah delicious. That, yeah, I so, got I got to make another batch of that. Yeah, that was that mm-hmm. was so good. So that was uh, that was this winter. So you were talking about right? getting stung by bees. Yes. Do you wear like the hat and yes. not like a full suit? Because some people wear like the full beekeeper suit. For, for years, I, I wore gloves and then just a veil with a white fleece. Mm-hmm. And then I got stung really bad one time, like over a hundred stings. Oh wow! Ooh. And so then I went and upgraded to a jacket and a hood. Worth and, it. Worth every penny, I'm sure, right? No. Kinda, but you do a lot kinda, of beekeeping kinda. in the summer, though. That's got to be really hot. Well, you're not going to do it in the winter around here. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, so wearing a full big beekeeper jacket justin be... what's worse getting your sweat on or getting your sting on yeah 100 stings doesn't sound very good no yeah. <laughs> i take 100 degrees over 100 stings yeah and, and it's their white suits and they're they're fair they they built they uh put ventilation mm. pockets in it and stuff okay so my wife she wears a full suit i i don't know i don't want the restrictions so she gets in on the beekeeping with you yeah That's she cool. she's she helps that when needed does she do it begrudgingly, or is she a bee? Is she a bee enthusiast as well? Now she might be listening to this, so uh, uh, she, uh, maybe she she might listen to this. It depends on the day, right? Yeah, I, I'm not saying the, the listenership. I'm saying her keeping the bees, keeping I, the bees. I, I kind of drag her around with my my hobbies and <laughs> interests. Does she drag you with hers? No. <laughs> It's kind of one-sided, unfortunately. She, sorry, honey. But, but the, <laughs> sorry, honey, said the beekeeper. That means she's going to be Whoa. listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, said, maybe my, my folks will probably listen and get nice. back to her. <laughs> Rat me out. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is very good. This is one of the best cocktails I've ever had. Really? Yeah. Mm. It's very good. It's right up there with like milk punch, and I think it's because yes. something. There was a there was a process that took a lot longer than your just putting ingredients in the glass. Like there was a prep time, even if it was like fifteen minutes. Like milk punch took like a lot of straining through the like cheesecloth, and it was just like a longer process than like something you just like order at a bar. You know. I think this also tastes like something that is like, and, and whether it is or it isn't, it tastes like an 
like an old world recipe. Right. Did, you know? Did Milk Punch have like allspice in it or something mm-hmm. like that? I think so. Yeah. It had. Um, and this has like cardamom in it. Mm-hmm. Cardamom in it? Cardamom. Cardamom in it. Uh, <laughs> say, cardamom? say Worcestershire. <laughs> Worcestershire. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's like the past, or it's like the path less taken in terms of a cocktail like this that has spice, has a little sweetness to it. Some of the earthy honey, you know, aspect, hmm. apple, like a lot of like natural flavors. That's not just like spiced rum. You know what I mean? And it, well, and, and don't get me wrong. I love me some spiced rum, but like this just has a lot of elements that are hard to come by. It has a lot of floral and fruity notes, but it's not in your face. It's delicate. It is delicate. Hmm. So I think that's I think that's also why I appreciate that. And it does taste like a harvest cocktail, which is like super cool. Yeah. Good find. And like, I mean, this wasn't necessarily a targeted effort or like, how'd you come across that cocktail? I just, you looked up like honey cocktail? You're like... I just did uh, honey recipes. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. it. And, uh, That's amazing. And then honey drinks. This is a good one. Because you yeah. could have come up on a... Have you ever made gold rushes for your wife? No, not yet. I, oh, I did make amazing. the syrup and that's on the list. You really need to. Uh, I'll, I'll do that on uh, Monday night. <laughs> so cheers. here's a cheers to that. <laughs> here, here's a new maybe new segment probably not new segment quick thoughts on big topics <laughs> <laughs> is that on the list no is that on your dag on paper yeah, where's your notepad <laughs> <laughs> trust so, me they're right there there's they're in notepad timeout <laughs> quick thoughts on big topics todd what is your thoughts quick thoughts on the disappearance of bees Oh, okay, geez. that's okay. This is getting Jeez, serious. You're da- that's a downer right there. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you, Justin? <laughs> I thought you know we got a beekeeper here. Yeah, that's you want wanted- quick thoughts? I prefaced it. <laughs> here, here's a new subject segment <laughs> it called. Stinks. Here, here's a new segment called. Justin wants to make a grown man cry. <laughs> so, um, okay. that's a that's a tough one. It's a big loaded question. It's loaded, and and you, you get a little you can get a little political mm-hmm. with the commercial beekeepers versus my scale. By I the mean, way, this episode is sponsored by Monsanto. <laughs> <laughs> do you have Do you have opinions on why they're disappearing? Because I know there's lots of theories. Well, I, I think those theories are almost proven now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's a combination of pests, viruses, and chemicals, mm-hmm. agricultural chemicals and stuff. I was, I was reading an article, and I'm not going to cite it on the podcast, but I was reading a scientific article that was talking about how it's not necessarily the pesticides or the herbicide active ingredient. A lot of the times it's the surfactant that is added to that that is like being a major contributor to just killing bees. He's, he's just making that up. Yeah. I'm not making it up. Why would I just make up a scientific thing about surfactant? All right, you know what? I'm going to look it up. A, a lot of it is that, you know, they get the little microdoses of these these chemicals. Yeah. And then they bring it in the hive and then it gets embedded in their honeycomb, the, the comb itself. Mm-hmm. And this accumulates year after year after year. And then after a while, it weakens their immune system and there's, you know, different mites and stuff that come in the hives. For me, I try to do it as naturally as possible. I do two or three mite treatments a year, and I leave it at that. And then I also only allow my honeycomb to get maybe three, four years old before I melt it down for wax. So they have a longer honeycomb or, or, or a shorter honeycomb uh, cycle. Hmm. Say that last part again. So you so, 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 so you, 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 got, I, you have a frame of, of honeycomb. Yeah. Right? So each of your frame, you can either have a foundation, wire, uh, wire strips that go through it that hold it in place. Or foundationless. I do foundationless combs. Yeah. So it's just basically like, like a uh, 
a picture frame without a picture in it. Okay. And they build it on their own. And they build it on, your, gotcha. on their own. They determine what size cells they want. So you have, you have hmm. your, your female cell size, which is all your worker bees and your future queen cells. And then you have your drone cells, which are probably about a third larger. So the, the hive themselves will, will, will dictate what they want and their needs are. So they'll, they'll create smaller or larger. So that's, that's for like the procreation side. Are the honeycombs in that same area or is that a totally different area? It depends because usually like in the, the, you'll call it the brood box area. Yeah. So a lot of times you'll force them down to, to the bottom two or three boxes. That's where you want your brood production. Okay. And that way you don't have to worry about harvesting. How do you, hold on, huh? how do you force them down? That sounds, that sounds very invasive. Yeah. There, there, there's, there's. You're only going <laughs> to. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you shaming them down? To the no, box? it's not. You know, there's there's a a, a, a little uh, screen you put on called a queen excluder. Okay. So it it's a it's a specific space yeah. that doesn't allow the queen to move up in the the colony. Up in is the, it because she's wider? She's big. And yeah, wide. she's okay. hippier and yeah, stuff. Yeah, she's hippier. Okay, she's cool. A big bee. Cool. Yeah. Right, so big, so yeah, it, it allows the allows the worker bees to move up and down. Yeah. And then it keeps the drone bees and the queen bee. Down in the brood area. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's okay. That's that's cool. I didn't know that it was like a mechanical like space. Yeah, it's, sort it's, of it's, it's just the the queen excluder is maybe a sixteenth of an inch of, or an eighth of an inch thick. Holy and cow! And you put it between the boxes, and it just prevents it. It's little open slats and allows the worker bees to move up and down, okay. and it allows for ventilation and stuff. So yeah, this is the first year that I'm trying it out. Yeah, is it working out well? I think so. Yeah. I haven't I haven't collected any honey yet this year. It's been a little yeah. damp, so they haven't uh, gotten down the moisture level to the honey to cap it. That's that's also another aspect of it. So so there's a, a ton of moisture in there, and and then I mean, so then you wait for it to get out. Like, how the, does that the, work? They they do it all. They do it. They fan it. They it, fan it. They they create the airflow in the hive. They know they dry it out. So when they collect the nectar, it's maybe. Honey has to be under eight, like seventeen five, under eighteen percent. Okay. So uh, mo- uh, hum- moisture. moisture yeah. yeah. So a lot of my honey last year, since we had a drought, yeah, it was like fifteen percent moisture. Wow. And that that stuff was so thick. It's it was, like kiln dry. Yeah. It, it was really it was really <laughs> difficult to extract. Yeah. But when it, you bump up to seventeen percent, that's that's what I found is like the ideal moisture level for honey. Hmm. But your nectar, when they collect it, it's probably maybe 50% or more of uh, okay. moisture so they'll 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 put it in their little cells yeah it's it's what percent or more it's it's got to be at least 50% it's like a it's like yeah. a, like a one to one sugar solution right yeah okay okay um, so bees had a hard 2020 also hmm? <laughs> 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 We're not from covid just yeah. what the hell? Out of left field. <laughs> I love that. Bees have had a hard couple last year. a decade of yeah. hard, hardships. <laughs> yeah. Justin's like, bees, I get you. Um, I finally all understand. All around me are familiar faces. Yes, yes, yes. Bad world. So I had, I, yeah, I got a 10 hives, 10 or 12 hives. I had maybe four. Five made it through oh, the winter. That's awful. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of people this year they had hundred percent losses. Wow. You remember when I you remember when I texted you and I was like, dude, there's like a what, what was it? Uh, remember remember all those bees around that honeysuckle? Oh, the swarm. Bush? Yeah, there's a swarm. Did I tell you about this, Justin? No. I we get I get home from work or whatever, and I'm 
and I'm I'm getting home and I look at the honeysuckle bush and uh, it just looked like this weird, you know, if if I'm looking at like kind of like tree funguses, it almost looked like a big, massive, crazy looking tree fungus. And then as my eyes adjusted and, and Kalen actually, I think, spotted it out. She was like, that's a lot of bees. <laughs> and it was just these honeybees, right? And they were just chilling out just like however they wanted to. I'll, I'll post a picture of it. I'll post a video of it. And then... I call. I texted Todd and was like, "Todd, you like bees, don't you?" <laughs> I don't know. I probably had a better thing that I said, but um, but you were you were possibly gonna go pick them up. Um, but they they just they just moved like just it just turned into an actual swarm. I mean, they were all like kind of tight knit right there, and then they just like it was crazy. It looked like locusts. You know, I I, I made sure to just get out of there because I have a small allergic reaction yeah. to bees, but um, right. it was nuts. That's I mean, usually the the most gentle then. Yeah, I'll say usually because I know people have gotten stung really bad during a swarm. Yeah, we're trying to collect. They're just them. like we're just trying to get out of here. Like, is that the bees? How do you collect a swarm? Like, what's the process? So of some, like a swarm. There, there's lures. So like, they're, they're lures. What they're do you mean fishing? lures? They're they're lures. <laughs> they're scent, scented lures. Huh. So there's you go like the Cornell has a big like a five or ten page brochure PDF you can download on swarm traps. So it's a specific size hole, a specific size box at a specific elevation. So it's usually like 15 feet up in the air, hmm. south-facing entrance, and a one-inch diameter hole. And it's, I don't know, maybe 15 by 15-inch 15 box. So what's the lure part? Because that just sounds like a prison at this point. Well, the, 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 it, it's the <laughs> south-facing bees like to the view. <laughs> <laughs> They're thinking of warmer temperatures in Syracuse. (laughs) They're like the bees are like, let's retire. Let's just let's let's, find a south facing (laughs) box. The bees bees are like, let's just go tax free for a while, huh? Well, (laughs) south facing allows the sunlight to shine in the entrance, so it gets them to start earlier in the morning. Yeah, warm sleeping in. Yeah, because they're cold blooded. Correct. So regarding the the lures, (laughs) yeah, um, lemongrass oil. Oh, weird. And mouse pee. Mouse pee. Yes. So a lot, a lot of old. That's, that which smells like some beers we've tasted. <laughs> Surprised there's not a lot of bees in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> there are, actually there are a lot of rooftop beekeepers oh, whoa, there. Let's go all inside. Yeah, a lot of. For some reason, um, when there's like a vacant mouse hu- or a vacant mouse hive, a vacant beehive, mice will move in. <laughs> this is a nest. Yeah, my, mice will move in. So you know they're they're pretty dirty creatures as far as yeah 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 for sure <laughs> and that the, that smell will say hey there's do, a vacant space in here that's big enough for a mouse let's explore it do bees just end up getting up in there and just like murdering the mouse and then just trying to like they're like let's just shove it through like a one inch hole and then they can't it, and then they just start like. The bees, I mean, they're they're butchers, right? So they just start chopping up the mouse, right? <laughs> no, they, 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 uh, they, it depends on the time of year. So if a mouse, like if, if mice move into a hive in the fall, in the fall you're supposed to put uh, entrance reducers on there or mouse oh, okay. screens. Yeah. Because they can, I've had two, two of my hives got killed last year because a mice got in there. Does, does an entrance reducer also help just kind of maintain heat? Is that kind of part of it or like a that, secondary that, effect? That can be part of it as far as yeah. ventilation. But you want yeah. you want proper ventilation in the yeah. winter because condensation, if it drips down on the bees, it, it freezes them and kills them. So you, well, want, prop, you want proper ventilation yep. in okay. the hive. But 
as far as mice, them kicking out in the summertime, you need a lot of bees to kick out a mouse. For some mm. reason, they ignore them. But mice I, ignore bees? No, the bees ignore oh, the bees mice. Oh, bees ignore mice. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the, right. be, the mice will eat the bees. Ugh. But I, I have seen photos where they've taken propolis, which is their, they, it's kind of like their bee glue. It's like all these resins and stuff. Uh-huh. And <laughs> just sticking they, themselves they, to the they, mouse. They, they, if the mouse, if they kill a mouse, yeah, they'll cover it in the propolis so it won't get infect the hive when it deteriorates oh, and so stuff. So it, it almost just like seals it off, almost like um, mummifies it, almost like mercury in uh, Onondaga Lake. Sure, yeah, <laughs> right. They just kind of like a just started. Cap. I mean, they yeah, I mean, it's a cap, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they cap it. So bees and mice like the same kinds of places. Yes, is what you're saying basically. Yep. Dark, yeah. warm. Interesting. Wow. The more you know. Yeah. What was the segment that you were trying to create? <laughs> that was Small. quick thoughts on big yeah, quick, topics. Quick thoughts and it's 12 hours later. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a break. We have a lot more to get into. Before we take a break, I want to quickly veer into one more question. Todd, you have a great mustache. Thank you. <laughs> How long have you been rocking the the mustache? It's a very like, iconic mustache almost. Well, let's see. Seventh grade, I started growing a mustache. and uh... What? For real? <laughs> Eighth grade is when I shaved it off the first time. But was it a good peach fuzz or was it actually like brown? It was, it was you know, outside lip, you know, a good 12, 15 hairs on each side. Was it a, <laughs> So it was a crust dash? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'd say uh, maybe eight years now. Yeah. Usually in the winter, I grow a big beard. And I just, this, that particular winter, I just let it grow out for like six months, seven months. And the mustache grew out. And my wife, for Christmas, bought me some mustache wax or something to kind of control it. So I started doing that. And then in the spring, when I was getting ready to shave everything off, my coworker kind of dared me to just leave the mustache. (laughs) And I did it. And it's been there since since. then. Yeah. (laughs) Can you use beeswax for shaping your mustache? Yes. Do you? Yes. Do you use your own? Yes. Nice. That's freaking amazing. That is full circle, dude. That's awesome. Yep. Just like full circle, just like how your mustache goes. Nice curl there. So how long have you been doing bees? Eight years? About eight years. Huh. <laughs> so, mm, <laughs> I never thought of that. He's like, <laughs> Maybe the bees told me to grow the mustache. He's like, man, this this mustache wax is expensive. <laughs> how can I get my own? <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, we started making our own mustache wax maybe four years ago. Okay. So you do make, do you make it commercially? No. Oh, I, I could, but it, God, it's such a, it's that's a, a market. It's a sat, right? it's a saturated market. Yeah, well, guess what is also also saturated? The quality of your product, and you could definitely sell that downstate. True. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, go visit my parents and take a dip in New York City every now and then. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, we're, we're so we're gonna take a break. We've got a lot more to get into. So, uh, some more foods, some more uh, beverage. So we'll take a break and we'll be back. See you in a bit, honey. We'll, we'll be back. Bye, honey. Bye, honey. And you can't beat this next segment. Oh. <laughs> so nice. that's a combination of the word be yeah, right, and right, beat right. because there's beats here. 
And, and you can't beat. Okay. Right, yeah. <laughs> and beets <laughs> are very uh, stainy. Stainy. Like they they stain things easily. Right. Yeah. So we gotta <laughs> be careful of your clothes because <laughs> I drop things a lot on myself. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, so, good thing you wear in black. And exactly. It's, and it's okay to like bring the whole plate to you, right? Yeah. So the, these these aren't really meant to go together, but we're gonna eat them together. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Todd made some say uh, that my wife and I are an odd pairing too. <laughs> Todd made a bunch of stuff. She's elegant. And, these are know. first time makes for you. <laughs> yes. So Andy's went right for the shrimp. So I'm sorry, we're doing shrimp, right? Yeah, Todd's got yeah, the sure. shrimp. We in talked the so much about beets. I thought we were doing that first. But. Oh, I'm, yeah. Right. Okay. Right. And okay. we're shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're gonna do this shrimp. So let's yeah. take a bite and then we'll talk about what it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm tasting soy sauce. Correct. And honey. Correct. That's all I got. Garlic. <laughs> garlic. Oh, de- definitely garlic. Just yeah. three ingredients. Soy wow. sauce, honey, garlic. Wow. Marinated overnight and oh. then uh, fried in, uh, pan fried in butter. Holy cow. And I think it'd be better, you know, if we had it warm right mm-hmm. out of the pan. Mm-hmm. But I took the uh, the marinade and boiled it down a little bit and then drizzled over the oh. shrimp. Mm. And that's the thing. A lot of people, when they think about honey, it's like, oh, it's got to be a sweet dish, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You're gonna drizzle all over cornbread, mm-hmm. or you're you know a lot of people like it over yogurt or protein I mean, shake. Mm-hmm. I do like all those things, but it's also yeah. you but. can use it for a savory item, and yeah. this is what we're experimenting. So oh, there's today. a, I don't know if you've ever been to a pizza downtown. Yes. So they're like most famous pizza, the Calabrian or whatever, has honey on it. Yes, and it's just so good when you add honey to pizza. I've never <laughs> had honey pizza. It's delicious. They, they, you ever hear of uh, Mike's Hot Honey? No. No, it's a. I think it's out of Brooklyn. <laughs> It's a commercial company, and it, mm-hmm. they uh, have very, you know, you can do knockoff recipes, but I think it's a little bit of vinegar, honey, and then hot pepper flakes, huh. and they heat it up a little bit and then strain it, and then it's a hot honey, so hot, you know, it's room temperature, but it's spicy honey. Right, right. And a lot of people will drizzle, drizzle it over pizza. Hey, yeah, honey hey. just mixes so well with, like, savory, I think. Have you made a lot of, uh, like, a honey-based barbecue sauce? Not yet. I, I will say in some of those hot sauces I have made in the past, I did use honey fermented garlic. Ooh, wow! So you take you take uh, honey and mm-hmm. raw garlic cloves, you throw it in the honey, and over the course of many months, it ferments, and the the garlic Do- essence goes into the honey. What color does the garlic turn? It gets like a blackish. Oh, if like two years, two years or so. Is that what a blackened garlic is? No, that's something different. Gosh, okay, I thought it was like so close. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, good I was try. really, I was really Da Vinci coding that. <laughs> it was like a quick, oh, and then it went away. <laughs> and then... <laughs> yeah, and, and don't get that confused with a blackened lemon. What? What's that? That's some Moroccan thing I've seen online. Ooh, <laughs> a Moroccan. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it, it's a way to preserve lemons. Wow! I I crushed that shrimp. It's so good. It is. So we teased you with the beets. Let's try uh, some of this beets. Hmm, this is good. Yeah, it's very uh, not not over overly sweet with the, as far as the honey, mm-hmm. but it is a um, it balances it. It's a honey vinaigrette, mm-hmm. and I did use some of my homemade honey vinegar. Honey vinegar? Honey vinegar. So what do you do for that? Uh, basically, you take mead uh-huh. and oh. add a little, I, I do add some of my, uh, the mother from my homemade uh, apple cider vinegar and allow that to ferment or break down into the vinegar, convert the alcohol to vinegar. 
Well, so what all is in this? So this is roasted beets, red onion, orange zest, orange slices or slivers, um, and then the vinaigrette is sesame oil, vinegar, salt, pepper, and thyme. So you know we have thyme, kind of like this cocktail. We'll call it our cocktail party. We have themes mm-hmm. of honey, thyme, apples. So it those are running carry, themes. Red, yeah, red onion. Yep. Right. Yep. We carry through with all the dishes. We wow. try to. Yeah. Mm. This um. So so I typically think of beets as being just super earthy, like mm-hmm. to a degree that I'm like, all right, that's a little that's a little too much earth for me. Right. This this is way more delicate than what I'm used to, which I like. It 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 just lightens it up a little bit. It's not overly fruity. It's got a little bit of fruit though. It's good. And I I these are these yeah I like these these are tasty. Uh, they would they go well with the goat cheese mm-hmm. that we're gonna have. I do make a, a pickled beet mm. with a, a honey mm. vinegar syrup that I really like. Oh, yum. So it's just black peppers, honey, vinegar, and just the beets. All right, let's get into this goat cheese because <laughs> it's sitting there and it looks delicious. What, do you want to cleanse the palate with a, a mead or <laughs> yeah, something let's, let's before do that? that? So we yeah, got some mead we, here. It's, it's, we have to, right? We have to. <laughs> so I have a, um, a traditional uh, show mead, which is just straight it's water and honey and yeast and yeast nutrient. And then I also have a, a mellow mel, which is a fruit mead. And this one's made with cherries. And I did put some uh, cocoa nibs in it. Ooh. So, but you, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> what I had in my mind when I, when I was doing this was ludens, like cloth drops or something like that with a little yeah. chocolate. But it doesn't <laughs> taste like that at all. Okay, okay. But so which, which what do you want to open up? Let's go dry they're let's both, start with dry. They're I both would, dry. Uh, let's start with dry and like more simple, like okay. the more show pure mead. product. So show mead means yep. like, like your best mead or like your mm. your like. No, it's it's just this. It's just a simple mead. It's just right. it, it's it's a traditional mead that's just three ingredients. I don't know if it was like a show dog. Yeah, you know, it's like it's your, a purebred. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's a purebred. Like this is your show. Yeah, yeah purebred mead. <laughs> Thank you. Hmm. So this would be more like your uh, a white wine, okay? Kind kind of taste, mm. very dry, but also just has that complexity of like I mean, it doesn't taste sugary at all, right? No, it's um, got a really good mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's the thing with a lot of people. Years ago, before I had bees or made brewed anything, we uh, stopped at a local meadery down in the Finger Lake somewhere. So <laughs> the, the, we, we bought yeah. this mead from my cousin mm-hmm. as a. As a gift, or mm-hmm. uh, I think they, they when they moved up from Florida, a home like a homewarming gift, and it was like a year later till we we decided to open up the bottle we got, and it was horrible. Hmm. We we couldn't we, we had like a sip of it and we had to dump it out, and I asked my cousin, "So oh, how'd you like that meat?" He's like, "Yeah, it was good." I'm like, "Yeah, you're full of it," <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, yeah, it was horrible. We couldn't drink it." And I think it was because it was it was on the sweet side. And a lot of times the meads can, if they're too sweet, well, any mead can, depending on how it's how it's brewed, can have like a lot of medicinal property. Like mm-hmm. Those those uh, fusel alcohols yeah. will take over and has yeah. kind of like a medicine taste. Mm-hmm. And, and this was just a sweet medicine type of mead and wasn't good. So th- I like this one that I made because it, those fusel alcohols come out because when the it's such a stressful environment for yeast for mead mm-hmm. because it's just honey and water yeah and if you don't if you don't have enough yeast initially and you don't add nutrients and if it's too warm of a temperature they just get so stressed out and they throw out all those fusels and 
doing it, uh, I, I put a lot of extra yeast in and I put the nutrients and I, I ferment it in a cooler temperature. Whether you're, whether you're done with this or not, like, I'm just smelling it. It just smells, yeah, you, you it pick, just smells you pick, like straight honey. Yeah, you pick up those fluorescence It's amazing, stuff. yeah. Yeah, it's just something different and it's also a good cocktail base. That's true, that's true. Well, let's get into what else, you know, I mean, like, we've got tons of stuff, so. So ne- you- next where we have a... Uh, a roasted walnut soaked in honey with thyme over goat cheese. Like, let me just reiterate: we do not deserve this. Okay. So remember when we first started this? And the <laughs> twelve hours ago. The, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like the podcast. Like two the, years the, ago. The origins of the, the podcast. Like the description was like. Uh, <laughs> low prep, no prep. Yeah, low prep, no prep food. Like you're basically going to listen to Justin and I eating like gummy. Bears. And we were like, we'll get to like the cheese it episode, and we were thinking of like snacks. And here we are <laughs> eating like roasted walnut honey over goat cheese. I, I, I do go over the top sometimes. No, 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 no. I'm this is this is the new top. If you've been listening since day one, our bottom, you've, you've our seen our evolution. <laughs> you've seen how we've evolved. We'll still have a near bottom experience at yeah. some point, but this is this is the new top. Holy cow! Do we want to clean our yeah. plates or just uh, no? Just, this is good. Just contaminate. Wait, got a clean section, right? Uh, grab some crackers. Oh yeah, man! Mm. I'm excited just for goat cheese. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And I, I did look for. Uh, I ended up going with just a Wegman's goat cheese. Yeah, I was looking for a lively run goat cheese or Finger Lakes one, but I couldn't find any locally. So, are we supposed to do all three, like apple cracker cheese, uh, or I, is that I do them separately? Separate. Do a cracker okay. and the the cheese. So you got a the, cracker, the huh? the goat cheese, and then the. Okay. The thyme and roasted walnut honey. You're just throwing out words there, huh? <laughs> it's good. That's probably one of the best things I've ever tasted. <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Holy cow. I'm going to try this walnut alone. Well, you love baklava. And so this has like the... That essence. Yeah. This has the essence of baklava plus... But the sweetens... The sweetness is reduced, and it adds a sourness, mm-hmm. like a goat cheese, and it's like, ugh. This is really good goat cheese. Yeah, just a Wegmans. Yeah. So have you made this walnut thing before? Yeah, we've done the, the walnut honey mixture, and we've done it on different types of cheeses. Oh, that's good. And it's really good. I, I make a, I'll just, it's just basically you take chopped walnuts, put it in a dry pan, toast them up, and then you just, uh. Cover them with honey and put it in the fridge for a couple of days. That takes you have to wait at least a day or two because the honey takes some of that bitterness out. Oh, okay, yeah. So I just had it with an apple. Very good. good. Yeah, that tartness with the apple and a little mm-hmm. extra crunch. What a good flavor combo. Yeah, and I mean it's a simple dish, great flavor, and you, it goes pretty much year round. But you know, if you did it in the fall through through winter, um, that's definitely going to be on my list of things to make for for like just the holidays, right? Like you said, so you just toast up the walnuts a little bit. Yeah, maybe five just minutes. Walnut pieces, medium heat. Right? Or do you, you're chopping them probably, or the chop walnuts. I, I bought right? them pre-chopped. Yeah. Wow. Just, well, I, I grew the tree and then I harvest the walnuts, yeah. picked out yeah. the meat, and yeah. Not you, only is he a beekeeper, he's a walnuts man. <laughs> <laughs> a walnuts man. <laughs> um, right. You want to try this uh, this oh. mellow mel to yeah. kind of yes. wash it down? Yeah. So this is also mm. dry, correct? Yes. So what is the difference besides? So it's the cherry edition. The cherry, it, it's basically yeah, it's basically. Oh, and it's got cacao, cacao nibs, right? Yeah. So it, besides the cherry and that, it's the same as the other one, and it's fermented the same way, but it it has picks up more tannins. It's got like a blush smell to it. Would you agree? It, no it, one. It, it seems a lot drier than the other one. Maybe it's maybe 
that those tannins kind of kick in on the back of your palate. Yep, definitely. And you know, it's kind of you know, like you said, a blush, kind of a mix, a rosé type of yeah. feel to it. This this batch I did, I think it was a three gallon batch of mead. I in the primary ferment I did three pounds of cherries, and then in the second ferment, Cr- crushed up, right? Or, or, I, I, frozen. I I got the frozen cherries from Wegmans, uh-huh. the sweet cherries, and the, the did you blend them? Or no, because because you don't you don't want all those those uh, the bits. It kind oh, of, of like it, the skins and all, the skins yeah, and all yeah, the yeah. flesh kind of well haze. Yeah, it makes okay, it harder okay. to clarify. Okay. So you, you didn't press it, nothing like that. You just chucked them I, in. You, and, you throw them in, yeah, huh. and it, it extracts all the juice and flavor as it ferments. And then in the secondary, I added another three pounds. What I what I I was hoping you get more cherry flavor in the finished product. But what I I uh, learned after the fact was that you have to do it after your secondary ferment because mm. the yeast will eat up all those cherry flavors. Yep, and so and, and, and just I mean just from the how how much like like the gas, gas yeah 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 it was blowing right on out. Yeah, right? so a lot so a lot of people after the secondary ferment will use like uh, freeze dried mm-hmm. cherries mm-hmm. and soak it in in your the the mellow mel meats. Yeah, to get that that really strong cherry flavor. Hmm. So this just leaves you know the tannins and the color and some minor flavor notes. I mean that's that's great. Justin's going crazy over there. With <laughs> you want some more cheese? <laughs> there? Justin, Justin's hooked on that. I love that so much. I'm I'm we're, I'm gonna make that the walnut, honey, thyme, and goat cheese concoction. Mm. This is very good. Now what um. What type of sugar is in raw honey? Like what? Like sugar molecule? It, it's it's not like just glucose. It's got to be it, some. It's it's sucrose, fructose, and glucose. I think, and it all depending on what nectar source is. That's cool. See, like I said, most informative episode ever. Right? <laughs> Am I right, Justin? Mm-hmm. And I, I, <laughs> <laughs> like Justin's over there, just like this is nummy. <laughs> but yeah, and I, f- I forget which which is the dominant sugar for mm-hmm. for honey. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it some it varies for the percentages of those three, and there might be a fourth sugar in there. This is amazing, and, that, and that's why they, and that's also why they say honey is like a uh, a long burning sugar. So because it, it has some of those more complex sugar yeah, chains, so it takes longer to digest and stuff. So it doesn't. Hit you right away. Yep. Spike yep. your blood. Well, it does. It does both, I guess. If yeah. it's got, if, if it's got like lots of different sugar types. But it's not like taking like pure table sugar and right. eating that. Where you or doing like, or just doing like, uh, for like a someone in a diabetic crisis, we used to just like shove glucose in their mouths, and like that was just that's the most digestible. simple, digestible, convertible sugar. So yeah, it's the it's the base base blocks for other types of sugar. <sighs> Justin, what's going on, bud? This is great. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to pick like favorites for a day because it's all delicious. But that one was your but favorite. That goat cheese, man. <laughs> yeah. The walnut is like he, he's going back for four helping. I'm gonna be dream- <laughs> I'm gonna be dreaming about that tonight. I know it. Here, I'll pass some more down your way. <laughs> it's, I can't. It's gonna be your dinner. Yeah. Justin's gonna have his nightcap on, and it's it'll be definitely like- going to be re-enter my dreams for the next couple of years. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to hear about those experiences. <laughs> yeah. That walnut has a good, like, it does have a little bit of the walnut bitterness left, but it's just, like, even, you know? Yeah, my, very, my, my wife, she, well has, balanced. she has, like, a raw nut sensitivity. So, mm-hmm. like, hazelnuts, she'll make her, like, throat scr- uh, scratchy. That, that sucks, yeah. And uh, when you just toast them like that, it takes that out for whatever reason. Hmm. But that, like you said, that walnut is so si- so simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long did you say, like, a day? 
Yeah, a day kind or two. A yeah. day or two of just like soaking yeah, in the honey. I mean, those... What if you went longer? Would that be bad or good? No, or... I mean, we just keep it in the fridge. Oh, okay. Because, cool. you know, you don't want, there's, walnuts can go rancid. So did yeah, you put the true. thyme in with it or is that just added on to the top? Right now, so, some people they some recipes they'll have the thyme cooked in with the honey, mm-hmm. but I just sprinkled it. You on just sprinkled on top. So yeah. you just did the walnuts and the honey. Yes, man, so simple and so good. Yeah, I gotta do that. Sometimes when I go to parties, I bring like the hot pepper jelly on the cream cheese. Yeah, I'm, people, I'm it's sorry, always like what? a big hit. What are you talking about? Like the hot pepper jelly. It's on like cream cheese. Yeah, that's tasty. So that's like a big hit. But I feel like if you, you never brought... had that, no, I you haven't. I, I guess I've never been to parties with Justin. <laughs> Hot pepper jelly on cream cheese is like hot so pepper good. jelly on well, cream cheese. Well, I'll give you a jar when this fall when I harvest my jalapenos. This what do you add? Just do a ton of pectin to it, and then there you go, boom, hot pepper jelly. Yeah, it's just it's sugar, pectin, and jalapenos. That's what I use. Well, it's so good. Anyways, so I bring that a lot to parties because it's kind of like a big hit. But I feel like if you brought this to a party, bigger it's something hit. that like no one's ever had. Because mm-hmm. like when you bring the hot pepper jelly cream cheese, everyone's like. Yes. Whoa. Yes. Like that's what they were like looking for. Because but so you bring good. this, they'll be like, "Wow, I've never had that, and it's really good." Yeah. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's 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 I don't, it's a little different than the brie. You know, the pastry wrap brie with the raspberry. That, the, that's kind of brie's kind of nice. Though. Yeah, it's yeah. nice, but it gets overplayed. The, you know. I mean, I don't know. I don't really go to a lot of parties that have that. But you'll you know, have a lot of cleanup to do from all the heads that were exploding from how good it was. <laughs> but <laughs> so, <laughs> so just to recap. Uh, Justin brings death to his party. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, what a cocktail party. Yeah. You know, yeah. I still got a little hard cider. Oh, my gosh. Straight yeah. up. Because we, uh, we had this with the cocktail earlier. Yes. So yeah, now so we're just getting a little... Just a, just a little tish of yeah, hard cider. Thanks. And it has some fizz so, in it on purpose. This is apple cider. Yes. Yep. What apples do you use? We, ha- we have some uh, 31 acres up in uh, the hills of Truxton. And mm-hmm. I probably have 30, 40 wild trees up there, and I do raid wild trees at my in-laws and at some state land, and I just use wild apples. So so this is on the drier side. So there's all different types of apples, yep. you know, <laughs> when you go to the store, when you go to pick, but is wild apple a thing, or is it just like unnamed? I mean, it, it is. Because like you and you have talked about, I mean, apples didn't, come out of, apples. apples didn't just come out of nowhere, right? But you're not saying like, so like a wild... wild Honeycrisp. You know what I mean? I think they're probably older varieties, right? There's a a, a cidery downstate in, uh, I think, Wurtsboro. Aaron Barr, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. Uh, Andy Brennan, I think, is the the cider name. name. He has has a book called uh, Uncultivated. Hmm. And he he calls wild apples uncultivated apples. So it's basically, basically any apple. So you take your Macintosh, and the average apple has five seeds in it. Each of those five seeds is potentially a new apple variety because they don't breed true from each parent tree because of hmm. cross pollination. And wild apples are just are just anything that grows wild or uncultivated hmm. that haven't been named yet. So I, I mean, I could I can pick two or three of the apple trees on my my property, give them a name, graft them onto rootstocks from other, and put them in an orchard. But after year after year, it's just going to change. No, no, it's the same fruit every year. But it, the new trees are always going to be. Yes, yeah. Like getting farther from the original. What do you mean every year? Because like, <laughs> like, the, the, like each seed you said yes. is a little bit different, right? Yes. And so like as new trees grow farther from the first one, they're going to like straight. Are you asking from about your own lineage and the apple falling far from the tree? 
<laughs> no, I'm just saying <laughs> after like decades, as trees yeah. grow from new trees, they're going to be farther and farther from what the original seed was. Yes. Genetically, yeah. Yep. Yes. Genetically, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Like, you know, we have purposely bred apples. And then, but if you go seven, you know, back to oh, seven. Bread apples. Yeah, bread. Oh, okay. Breeding. Not, not like the... Like toast? No. If you cook them up, are they no, toast apples? No apple toast. <laughs> Gluten apples? So, so if you go to your 1700s, 1800s, a lot of those apples are from wild apples that someone found growing on, on their property or land. They're like, ooh, this is a good apple. I'm going to call it Rhode Island Greening or uh, hmm. Newtown Pippin or something like yeah. that. So it, it's an apple that survives all the hardships of life and has good flavor hmm. and... Uses. Interesting. Wow. Cool. Well, I think it was a good episode. Oh my gosh, good episode. Yeah, I'm full. Yeah, I'm full. I got a buzz. And we have a buzz. <laughs> yeah. Bzzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another bee pun? <laughs> Todd's like, yeah, I don't really think there's bee jokes. <laughs> yeah, Todd, why are you rolling up your sleeves? <laughs> <laughs> What's written there in, in pen? On my hand. You're cheating for the test. <laughs> Uh, cool. Well, thanks, Todd, for coming on. Absolutely. Oh, it's fun. This is like, long overdue. Like a year and a half, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we, we talked to Todd pre-COVID about coming on, and then you know COVID hit, and we didn't have any guests for a long time, and then it's just been kind of a scramble since then, but yeah, with our partnership with Eat Local, we're like, let's get Todd on, you know. For the first episode. For the first episode of the partnership. We'll just keep calling it the partnership. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Well, cool. Thanks again for coming on. Oh, it's fun. Appreciate it. This is is like delicious. This isn't like a one and done. You know, you're kind of like, well, I kind of like stuck on like being on like rotation, right? Well, in mushroom season, you know, when I get back (gasps) into mushrooms, we'll do some mushroom dishes. I might have to up my life insurance before we do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I trust you 100%. And there is that uh, mushroom distillery down in the Finger Lake, so maybe I'll pick up some of those spirits. There's a what? There's a mushroom distillery. What does that entail? They use uh, different mushrooms in their distillery processes. Never, I've never heard of that, so, so we should absolutely do that. So my friend Joel was telling me about there's a certain mushroom that you can make something similar to plastic with. Mm-hmm. Oh, like a can, like, leather? can replace plastic almost. Yeah, yeah. no, they they use mushrooms for everything. Yeah, mushrooms Amazing. are awesome. So that could be a whole other episode. Yeah. The shroom episode. <laughs> So on that note, <laughs> uh, yeah. we'll all be microdosing there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Should I end it? <laughs> yeah, I'll end it. Thanks for listening today. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find this episode and others like it on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a bunch of other places. You can go to our website at www.snackdownpod.com. You can support us on patreon.com slash snackdown. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 315-313-5456. And check out our partners at Eat Local New York at eatlocalnystate.com. And also check out handlebar underscore craft on Instagram. And buy the best honey in New York State. Yep, 100%. I appreciate it. Yeah, (laughs) cool. And uh, soak some toasted walnuts and pour out some goat cheese because it's delicious. There's more to that. (laughs) (laughs) That's an oversimplified version of that. But yeah, pretty much that. Yeah, so. All right. See you guys later. Buzz you later. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
I thought the Dow Jones was going to go up this year, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse economy, me. Economy, economy. <laughs> <laughs>